What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Young Professional Show. Today, we have our most exciting guest yet, Austin Zabeck. You are somebody that I've wanted to get since day one. When we started this podcast, my main goal was to get you on the show. I'm being for real. And, and we somehow we got you on episode two. So, Man, thank I, you so I much. love that, dude. Hey, I appreciate you having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. And I'm excited to just share any value that I possibly can. Yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate you being on the show for sure. So what I want our viewers to get out of our time together today is I want them to get an understanding of who you are, you know, the business you run and, you know, your, your day to day stuff. But I also kind of want to dive deep into like the psychology of you and your mentality because of what you've accomplished at such a young age. And I was actually listening to uh, your podcast with Ben Colhane and you said, I didn't know the curtains would be red. And that just connected with me because I, I assume you were, have always kind of been this visionary and you could see your success from afar. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, very true, yeah. Yeah, I can I can see the future very clearly, um, but but yeah, to, to what I what I said in the podcast, and I do remember saying that like I didn't know the curtains would be red, you know, but like I, I pictured it very clearly many many years ago. So you always knew you always knew you'd be like doing the podcast um, and finding success, and I I believe you also said you didn't know the exact industry. So at what point? Did you kind of switch to real estate? I know you got your license when you were 18, correct? Yeah, so I'll, I'll catch anybody up to speed. You know, I'll give you like the, the bird's eye, you know, 30,000 foot view of who I am. But, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. So I, I you know, I went from running a pool company uh, when I was like 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, making 30, 40 grand a year um, cash, you know, under the table to growing up, getting into multi-level marketing at like 16 years old. Um, you know, I worked a bunch of jobs. I hated it. I think I worked like 15 or 16 jobs over the course of like three years. You know, I hated being told what to do, you know, how to do it, when to show up for work, when to leave, when to go home, and how much I was worth at the end of the day, you know. So, um, ended up getting into multi-level marketing, did very well, learned a lot, you know, got to meet great people, Eric Thomas, you know, Les Brown, Bob Proctor, you know, Gary V, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, all the guys back in the day, you know, I was able to, you know, hang out with backstage. I was able to... Um, you know, spend real quality time with them. And I would say that was the moment my paradigm shifted forever. You know, when I when I was in network marketing at the very young age, I, I was backstage hanging out with all these guys. I was in the audience and, and, and I was just hanging around cool people all the time. And, and in that moment, I knew that anything the mind could conceive and believe the mind could achieve. And, and I knew that if I set out to achieve whatever I wanted in life, that with enough time and energy and effort, I could achieve that. And so um, that, that's exactly what I set out to do. Ultimately, network marketing was not my thing. Um, so I got into real estate. You know, at 18 years old, uh, right around that ballpark, I got into real estate, and, um, and I've never looked back. You know, I've done a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, throughout the last, you know, nine years or so that I've been in real estate. I've I've tried different businesses, I've, I've launched different things, I've failed, you know, I've, I've succeeded at some, I've failed at others, and, and um, you know, ultimately, I always just kind of come back to real estate, and I realized that I could vertically integrate, you know, a hundred different ancillary uh, businesses that kind of go hand in hand with what I was already doing, you know, and so, um, 
man, we're on a mission, dude. You know, we're on a mission to uh, to change lives and build something really cool now. Awesome. You yeah. said said you were licensed at 18 years old. Yeah, so I got licensed. Um, I became a real estate agent in 2015. Um, I was actually already wholesaling though in like 2000, like beginning of 2014. So I was actually a wholesaler first. And then at the time, my mentor was like, hey, dude, you should go get your license. And I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know if I want to do that. you know. And I ended up doing it, and uh, and I'm glad that I did. Did you scale a wholesale business, or was it mainly just you in acquisitions and dispositions? It was mainly me in the beginning, in the very beginning. You know, eventually I scaled, you know, and I had mul- I've had multiple partners along the way. Um, now I believe I'm in my final partnership and the partnership that I believe we can make, you know, nine figures. Uh, together, but um, but yeah, you know, in the beginning, it was it was a journey, man. It was trial and tribulation and failure and, and ups and downs, and you know, uh, one step forward, two step backwards. You know, a lot of times, and and uh, you know, I had a lot of really cool partners and, and mentors along the way. But yeah, in the very beginning, it was just me, man. I was grinding. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I was just trying to make it happen. It took you nine months to close your first deal, right? It did. Yeah. So what was that like? Because the audience that we have, we're, we're part of the Young Professional Network. So we're, a lot of people here are just getting started. So what does it look like? How did you, how did you start as a single agent as far as lead gen goes specifically? What did you do? Yeah, you know, um, when, you mean when, once I got my license and I was actually an agent? Right, yeah. So once I got my license and I was an agent, initially I was working with investors. So I, I, I thought about it in the beginning and I said, okay, um, you know, your average consumer, you know, they, they buy or sell on average every like seven years, okay? Like a house every seven years. So like, what are the odds that I, I do multiple transactions with an average buyer and average seller, you know, over the course of, you know, a year, right? Or over the course of a month or two months or whatever. And, and the odds were not very high. So in the beginning, I focused primarily on investors. You know, I went and I networked with every big investor and I, I figured out, you know, what they were looking for and what they were trying to buy. And I really mastered working with investors. And what I realized is that one one client, I could do multiple transactions a month with one client. So, you know, I, I was making offers on the MLS on behalf of, of investors. You know, I was just working. Man. So, so you really dove right into the investing side of things right from the get-go. So you didn't do a traditional thing like door knocking. You didn't do um, cold calls from that sense, or, or did you? Oh, I did all that too, yeah. Yeah, I was door knocking. I was driving for dollars. I was cold calling, man. I was doing anything I could do, you know. I would uh, I would call, like, my uh, people that I looked up to in the industry, and I would ask them, like, hey, like, do you have any old leads that you're not working in your CRM? Like, I'll work them, like, give them to me, you know, I'll freaking, I'll give me the ones that you, you know, like at that time, people were still driving to a lot of appointments, you know, back in the day, it wasn't so much via DocuSign and stuff yet. And, and I was like, dude, I'll, I'll take the ones in Casa Grande or in Tucson or, you know, like I'll take the ones that real far away that you, that your team doesn't want to go to, you know, just give me the lead, give me the address. That's all I wanted. I wanted the address. I was like, what, what's the address? Like I'll, I'll go knock on the door and I'll get the deal under contract and I'll bring it back to you and I'll do the deal with you. You know, I'm just going to do it on your behalf. 
And uh, so I just worked, man. I worked really hard every day. And, um, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I, just, I just took a bunch of action. You know, and I was doing open houses. I mean, I remember back in the day, I, I would go put up 30 or 40 open house signs, you know, and, and sit in open house, you know, like four or five days a week. You know, so I was just doing everything I possibly could to talk to people and to put myself out there and tell the world, you know, who I was and what I was about. And, um, and really, it was my work ethic that, that allowed me to get my start. You know, I wasn't the most talented guy. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't have, like, the highest IQ. You know, I didn't know a ton about real estate at the time, but I was willing to outwork anybody. Like, there was nobody at that time that I knew. I'm sure there was somebody in the world. But, I, you know, there, at that time, there was nobody that I knew that, that was working harder than I was. So take us back. Um, you know, you're a young agent. You're, you know, you're hustling. Um, leveraging, it sounds like, more of your time than, than you know, your skill set and knowledge because you're young in the game. Um, at some point in time, it, you know, your cup is full. It's overflowing. You've scaled uh, to, to what it is now. Uh, what would you suggest to, to an agent um, who, who's kind of right in between there, right? Having, having you know, consistent closings, uh, success with transactions, um, maybe just struggling to take that next step to scale. Yeah, great question. You know, I think you have to ask yourself what your goal is, right? I think, you know, if I've learned one thing over the years, not everybody wants to make $100 million or, or whatever, you know. So I, I think, you know, I, I, I failed in the leadership realm, you know, many times. And, and I recently figured it out maybe a couple of years ago. But I used to try to take the $1 million a year guy and make him a $3 million a year guy. Or I took I'd take the $3 million guy and make him $7 million guy or whatever. And, and, and a lot of times it just doesn't work. Where, you know, a lot of times people that want it will tell you, right? And the people that want to, to go to that next level will make it very clear that they want your help and they want to get there and they want to evolve, right? So to your point, I think that people have to ask themselves. They've got to look in the mirror and say, hey, what do I want out of life? I mean, do I want do I want to make 100 grand? Like, what are my goals? Like, what's my why? Why am I doing it, right? Am I doing it to, to freaking build an empire and, 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 you know, change the world? Or am I doing it to make 100 grand a year and, and, you know, and go on vacation once a month? You know, like, why am I doing what I'm doing, right? And, and I think once you determine what that why is, then you can take, you can kind of take the path that'll get you there. You can get in the vehicle that'll take you to the destination that you're trying to get to, you know? So, for me, you know, I'm addicted to the grind, right? And I and I don't know what I would do without doing this. Like, if I wasn't building a company and I didn't have, you know, I don't know what I would do, you know? So I would drive myself crazy. I would actually hate my life. I really would, you know? So I think for me, I've got to push myself. I've got to hire people and build and scale and fail forward and, like, do all these different things that maybe other people don't want. And maybe they do, but it is worth asking that question, I believe, of like, what do I want? Because if you want to make 200 grand a year, I probably wouldn't start a team. You know, I would go be a top performing agent in a good market with, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar homes. I would get a couple of good lead generation opportunities set up. I'd maybe get a transaction coordinator to help me out a little bit. Maybe, you know, buyer's agent. I mean, just depending. But I would have a very small team. I'd run a tight ship. And uh, I'd have low overhead, and I'd go make two or three hundred grand a year, you know. And and I don't think that'd be very difficult to do. 
you know, if I wanted to make a million, two million, five million, ten million a year, then you gotta you gotta play a different game, you know. So um, I think it really depends on what somebody's trying to do. So let's say somebody wants to scale; they want to be the next Austin Zabeck in a sense of numbers and what you've accomplished. What? How do you scale a team? Did you did you do your back house stuff first and have assistance first? I know your the way your team's kind of set up is a lot of younger agents, a lot of people who have fit in with this network. Um, so when it comes to your hiring process, how did you go about doing that? Well, I've screwed it up as many times as I can remember. You know, I think that's the one thing that I always like to make sure everybody knows. You know, I. I have failed more times than like, I, it's, it's kind of unbelievable how many times I've just freaking hit rock bottom, you know, but, um, you know, I, I think, first of all, we have, we do actually have quite a few older people now too, but we've got a really big team. So, I mean, I've got, I've got guys on my team and girls on my team that have been in real estate way longer than I have, that have actually done way more than I have. You know, I've got developers on my team that develop, you know, luxury homes. Um, I've got, you know, I have an appraiser on my team that built an appraisal company with 90 appraisers back in the day. And he's a multi, multi, multi millionaire, you know, very, very talented individual. He's probably in his late forties, early fifties. Um, you know, so I've got a lot of people like that on the team as well, but you are right, right? A lot of the team members that I do have in all of my companies are probably in their twenties or their thirties, you know? And, and I think that is, is just because those people tend to have more of a work ethic and they have less baggage. So like when I, when I, a lot of times when I could bring somebody old on, they've got to unlearn a bunch of crap, right? Like I, I always tell them, I'm like, they're like, oh, I want to learn. I want to learn. I'm like, no, you need to unlearn. Like you need to freaking, you need to figure out a way to like get rid of all the junk that you already learned because none of it's working for you, right? And so a lot of times younger people, they don't have bad habits. I mean, I can just train them from the ground up, but it's just like, hey, here's what you got to do. Here's what that looks like, you know, and, and they're able to go and do that. Um, but I would say everything you know so like we've been incredible incredible culture now um there's been times in the past you know i've built an atm company a marketing agency uh you know and a couple of other companies and just different organizations and stuff like that and i've had bad cultures before not on purpose but i think at one point in my life i didn't understand how important culture was in the people business so like i go sit down we're not in the real estate business if you're trying to scale right you're in the people business and so you know, my when you're a team leader or, or, or you're a, a wholesaler or whatever, my client is my employee, right? Like my client is my 1099 contractor, right? Really, that's who my client is. And so I've got to figure out a way to make them happy and get them to make a bunch of money and help them achieve all of their goals and their dreams. And they'll go do the business, right? Like they'll go sell the house. You know, they'll go do all that. But it, so I would just look at it like um, – you know, I think for me, I guess kind of coming full circle is I, I hire based on heart, not based on resume, right? So it just so happens that a lot of people are young and stuff like that because I hire on the heart. I've screwed that up so many times, man. Like I sit people down and they're a freaking rocket scientist and you want to hire them, right? You're like, oh my God, this guy's the smartest guy under the sun, but he's a freaking, he robs banks on the weekend, right? <laughs> and so you, you, you got to be really careful because that guy that he, on paper, he's got, he can do it all. You know, he comes in and he'll just tear your organization up, right? And so, like, for me, I'd rather take somebody who's got a really pure heart and they're giving and they're serving and they're, and they're helping people and they got a good family life and they're all, they got the whole thing figured out and then teach them the real estate game. 
I can teach you how to somehow resist it, but I can't teach you how to be a good person, you know? So I would say that would be my biggest tip. Mm-hmm. And why why should somebody want to be in the Zabek group? What's your value prop? Oh man, that that is a uh, that's a tough one. You know, we do we do a lot. I would say culture is number one, right? We I I believe in the bottom of my heart we have one of the best cultures in in, in the country. I think I really believe that we have an incredible. Right now, I'm sitting in my office and there's probably 60 people in my office, and the energy is unbelievable. I mean, I can feel the energy with my door shut. You know, and and it's just a Wednesday morning. I mean, like it's just no no, you know, like it's just wild. Our culture is incredible, right? And now it's so big that it's taken a life of its own. You know, now everybody contributes. It's not just me anymore. If anything, I'm a very small percentage of the culture nowadays. Now, everybody they maintain and sustain that culture. But um, I would say that would be the number one reason. I think that in life we can go fast alone, but we can go far with people. So, you know, as human beings, we're naturally wired to want to, we're, we're people, we're, we're, we, we like to go in tribes, right? Where you look back all the way at, at you know, centuries ago, and, and human beings do not, are not good when they're isolated, right? It's why COVID screwed everybody all up, right? Because it's just not good for a human, it's not healthy for a human being to sit in their freaking living room all day and, and, and stare at their laptop. It's just not good for a person. I really believe that, right? If you're not out and about interacting with other human beings, no matter what it is that you do, I think that you, you will live an unhealthy life, in my opinion. Um, so I think culture is one, right? And then I think it just goes down from there. You know, a lot of it is uh, lead generation. Uh, we do a lot of lead generation. We, we, I've got millions of leads. I mean, we, we, we've spent a lot of money on lead generation. We have incredible partnerships. And we're only getting more, you know, so a lot of our agents are able to have phenomenal opportunities as a result of being on our team. Another one is probably support, you know, and expertise. I mean, I've got somebody on my team that specializes in everything. I mean, we, we, we just have an incredibly, uh, incredible, well-rounded, kind of diverse group of people. Um, so, you know, there, there's just a, a plethora of knowledge and wisdom in our office. You know, anything that you're trying to do, you can talk to somebody and figure it out. And, and somebody's right there to help you, you know? So I would say that's a big one. You know, I mean, did all the basics, right? Transaction coordination and all the junk, you know, that, that you should expect to, to have on any team. But uh, culture's number one, dude. Culture's definitely number one. Yeah, I mean, and just from the outside looking in, obviously I am not part of the Zabek group, but I, I grew up watching you. Um, in high school, I remember watching your ATM videos. So I. I can see the culture. I can see where it is. And from the outside looking in, and I'm in your marketplace, which is terrifying. Um, I can see your guys' culture, for sure. And I can see your energy. So I appreciate um, that. It means the world to me. Yeah, we, we tried really hard to to uh, to put that out into the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys do a good job, especially you. And kind of leading on that, going back to me me watching your videos at a young age, Social media is something that is just, it's, it's without a doubt, one of the most important roles for an entrepreneur in today's business, especially someone our age, right? How did you scale your social media platform? Because I, I do consider you a pioneer. I consider you with like Graham Stephan, you know, in my books, because that's what I watched. So how did you scale um, your Instagram and your YouTube and, and your podcast? Yeah, 
Great question, you know, and I appreciate the compliment. I know Graham very well, and I've known him since he had a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Um, you know, and I'm not nearly as big as Graham. You know, Graham, Graham took an approach where social media became the business for him, right? And, and, and that's, it's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It just is. And so he took that approach, and he makes a lot of money. He makes about 500 grand a month, maybe six or 700 grand a month on a good month, just from like ad revenue and, and, and stuff like that, right? Which is great for him. Um, whereas at one point I made a conscious decision that I wanted to build real companies and I wanted to do social media. The byproduct of that was there was no possible way I could get as big as quick as a guy like that because I didn't have the bandwidth to scale both simultaneously. So I was always trying to do both, right? And so I did an okay job, um, you know, in my book of, of doing that, right? I've got, you know, maybe 50 or 60,000, 70,000 on YouTube. I've got 150,000 or so on TikTok, 500,000 or so on Instagram, 10 or 15,000 on Facebook. You know, I've done an okay job. I think we're, we're just getting warmed up. I'm about to go really hard on social media in the next 90 days. We're about to put out about five times more content than we're putting out right now. Um, but I think it's just consistency. You know, I, I, I made my first Instagram post in 2012. And I've been posting basically every day of my life since 2012. You know, and we're in 2023. So I think, you know, I've just done it every day of my life. It hasn't been perfect. Not all my videos are perfect. We're, we, we screw it up all the time. Like I'm always yelling at my video team and I'm telling them how crappy we're doing. And um, I'm really hard on my on that on that department because I, I believe we could be doing a lot better actually than we're doing. Um, but you just have to do it. I think so many people they just don't ever do it. They don't really do it, right? And they're never getting better. Like I see people who do it and they don't ever improve. It's like what like what are you doing differently this year than you did last year? Like did you buy a microphone? Did you get a light? Like did you get did you upgrade your camera? Did you did you invest more money? Like what are you doing different? How are you evolving? Like, how are you getting better? You know? And so for me, I, I've always tried to get a little bit better every year, right? I've always said, man, like if I could just get a little bit better and I believe one day I'll be bigger than Graham or as big as Graham, you know, in a different way. He, he does right. this talking head, uh, you know, and it's just an example, obviously, but he does this talking head, well scripted. Uh, it's almost like a research paper, right? A lot of his, at least his main channel is, he's got four YouTube channels now, but you know, for me, I, I kind of chose a different path. I said, hey, maybe eventually I'll be like the Grant Cardone or I'll be the Gary V one day, you know, a decade from now, right? I've got a long ways to go, you know, but I said, you know, I, I kind of have a different style. I, I'm loud, I'm aggressive, I'm freaking, you know, eventually like a camera guy could follow me around and and uh, and we produce a different style of content. So we're still working on that and we're still getting there. But my recommendation for anybody to your point is you got to do social media. You know, and I heard somebody say the other day, I was, I was in an audience of people, and one of my buddies said, he said, uh, he, he, he was talking about branding, right? And he was talking about uh, kind of your reputation, and, 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 he was, and he was like, man, like all the people that aren't doing social media think that they're not building a brand, right? And, and, and or, or a reputation or whatever, right? And he was like, everybody's building a brand. He's like, the people who aren't doing it, he's like, I perceive you as somebody who doesn't do it and you and you have a low uh, esteem and, and, and blah, blah, blah. He's like, that's your brand. He's like, your brand is inconsistency. 
He's like, so, for the people who don't think they're branding themselves, they're branding themselves as inconsistent. They're branding themselves as somebody who, do, who, can, who, who doesn't like being on camera. They're branding themselves as somebody who, who doesn't like being out of their comfort zone. Like, so everybody's building a brand. It's just what, what brand are you building and what are you telling the world? Yeah, it's a law. I mean, it, it'll affect you either positive or negative. In, in terms of uh, leads, what platform have you gotten like the most from in your career in real estate? Cold calling, for sure. Okay. You know, so you know, I I built a VA company um, in the Philippines. I'll actually be in the Philippines in like two weeks, um, out there visiting our our uh, employees out there. But I, you know, cold calling is a phenomenal way to get uh, people to. to you know, to talk to you, I guess, to get, to get your foot in the door. And in the beginning, obviously, it was just me, right? And then as time went along, I, like, hired one person to help me, you know, and then and then I hired two people, and then I hired three people, and now we've got, you know, a lot of people, right? And, uh, but, you know, there's, I always have kind of a joke. I was like, and there's all these different ways of marketing, right? We can send direct mail. We, we can do all these different things. And they all lead to us getting on the phone. So I was like, why not just start there? True. That's a good point. Did, did you run into, well, I, I know you did because I've also done cold calling before, but what's your mindset when people just turn off the phone, you know, or, or you know, they cuss you out because I know they've done it before. Yeah, I think eventually you get good at talking to people. I think that, um, I mean, but my mindset is, is that, like, I don't take anything personally, you know, so like, I've, I've hired and fired over a thousand people. You know, I've had people lie. I've had people steal from me. I've had people cheat on me. I've had everything you can imagine. You know what I mean? I, I've had people take advantage of me. I've had people cuss me out. I've had, like, I think you get to a point where you develop what I like to call rhino skin, right? Where it just doesn't bother you. I just don't care, bro. I don't care about people's opinion of me. I don't care if somebody cusses me out. I know me, and I know that I'm a good person, and I know that I try to do the right thing, and I know that I try to help people. And if other people don't see that, that's on them, not on me. And so, um, but you get good at talking to people. I, I very rarely get on the phone with people who, who, who cuss me out. I mean, like, I, I think if you sound like a robot and you're all freaking jittery and you're shaking and you're about to fall over, then, then people feel that through the phone. You know, but I think when you're very relaxed and you're calm and you're confident and you're just a good person, I could talk to anybody, dude. I could talk to anybody because I can just pivot the conversation in any direction, right? And just, and just, but once in a blue moon, you're going to get that person. And I totally get it. And when you do, move on. You know, you just move on. You just say, hey, man, that person must be having a bad morning. I can't imagine what they just fought with their wife about. Like, they must have just gotten into a big freaking fight and took it out on me. Wow. Let me, let me say a prayer to that guy and then call the next guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've had my fair share of, um, you know, doors slammed in my face when I'm door knocking and, and doing stuff like that. But no, you're exactly right. And I think it's also a lot of it is like your perspective on the business, because there's people who are even in the business who look at it and say like, oh, well, I think it's just kind of rude for me to be cold calling. But when you kind of change that mindset and you're saying, well, like, I know my skill set and it would it'd be rude for me to not share my knowledge with these people that, that that's something that you have figured out over your career too that's something that you've noticed 
I love that, dude. I love that you said that. When you started, when you started talking, I was thinking exactly how you you brought it all together. It, dude, you're totally right, man. It's rude to not, right? It's like I've got a, I've got an incredible service. Think about it like this. Man, I really hate for this other crappy agent to somehow sneak their way into this deal and get the deal because, man, that would just suck for that seller. Like, it would really just suck for them to have to work with my competition. So they're just not as good as I am. I'm better, and I and I could serve them better. So it would just, man, I just, I got to pick up the phone. It is my fiduciary, my duty and obligation to try to talk to as many people as I can because I would just hate for them to work with somebody not as good as I am. Yeah. Austin, how, and I'm listening to you, and thoughts just kind of came across my mind. How important do you think it is, um, you know, taking action, um, making decisions quickly, uh, failing forward, um, all of that in one hand versus um, I'm hearing like a lot of you know, back end work, processes, systems, SOPs. Uh, can you weigh in on that? Yeah. 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 100%. I think your question is just like, at what point do you just move, right? At what point do you just take the action? I think you do it immediately. I, I do it every day. Every, you know, honestly, as I've become more successful, I think I've realized that nobody's got this thing figured out. I mean, I, you know, as I hang around more people in any sphere, any walk of life, the more money they have, the more, the more they don't know what they're all doing. I mean, like, in the grand scheme of things, right? Everybody, you know, they're confident, they've got their thing, they've got their rhythm, and they, they do their deal. But, like, nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, at the end of the day, like, we're all just waking up in the morning and we're just trying something new every day, right? And we're just, we're just doing it the best we can, you know? So you just got to do it. I think you've got to look at failure, to your point, as uh, just a part of the game, right? It's like I cannot not fail. Like, the only way I wouldn't fail is if I did nothing. I mean, I literally have to, like, wrap myself in bubble wrap and sleep all day on my bed. You know, like, I, there's not, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like, how, how do you not fail? You know, like you just, so yeah, to answer your question, fail as often and as quickly as you can. And the younger that you are, the more you should be failing. The less responsibility you have, the more you should be failing, you know? So if you don't have a big family, you don't have kids, you, you gotta fail like five times a day because now's your time to fail, right? Cause there might come a day where you maybe can't afford to take that much money, right? And I think that, you know, people get into that trap. You see that in America, bro where like people once had a hope and a dream and then they got, they freaking popped a kid. And it's like, dude, now, now they're like, they're, they got their wife yelling at them. Like you, you gotta make 78 grand a year, you know, and everybody's yelling at them and they're all freaking stressed out. And, and they, you know, like you gotta be really careful, man, because now you can't really afford to take as much. Dude, yeah. Yes. You're That's you're really Your responsibilities are, are less. Usually that that's coincides with being younger, take bigger risks. Yeah. Yeah. You're literally speaking to exactly what I've been thinking about this whole week. Cause like you, I got licensed when I was 18. So did Jacob. I'm only 20 now. And I think that is like my favorite thing is I just know how much time I have to fail. So that's, what, time, bro. Yeah. that's what lets me sleep at night is like, I could have messed up so much this week or this yeah. month, and it is okay. Because by the time you know, I'm, by the time you're my age, bro, I'm old compared to you, man. I'm, you know, like, <laughs> by, by the time you're my age, I'm 27. You know, by the time you're 27, you can freaking dominate in life. 
Dude, all you pretty much have to do is just wake up and do something every day, and you'll beat me. I mean, like, I think people need to know that, right? If you just wake up, every, if you're 20 years old, bro, and you just wake up and take massive action every day, you can take massive action in the wrong area, and you, by the time you're 30, you'll you will be you will have a lot of wealth. I mean, like, you'll make a lot of freaking money because you it just it's it's a law. It's a law. It's like what we were talking about a little while ago. You can't take massive action every day and not succeed. It doesn't work. Yeah, like literally, Andrew, you could wake up for the next five years, and I'm also a bit older, Austin, I'm, I just turned 31. Um, you could wake up for the next five years and never get a win, just fail straight for the next five years. But, um, you know, what will result is you know, a million things not to do again. <laughs> Eventually, you'll get that win. Totally agree. Austin, I need to know your perspective because... I'm, I'm someone who did not go to college, knew I wasn't going to go to college, and I have friends who are currently in the middle of their college just due to us only being 20. Um, what's your opinion? What's your opinion on who, who should go to college these days? Doctors, lawyers, um, you know, people that need, that need a degree to get into their field, you know, that an engineer, you know, I don't want, an, I don't want anybody, if I have a heart attack right now, please take me to a hospital where, where the doctor went to college, you know? <laughs> So, you know, don't don't take me to somewhere where they didn't go to college, you know. Um, so I think, you know, people that need that, right, like, I think you have to do that. You know, it's very important that you do. And, and I think that's really cool, right, lawyers, you know. So, um, but I think, you know, all these people that are going to college for a freaking business degree, like, go start a business, right? Mm -hmm. Like, watch YouTube. Like, go, go, you know, like, I think that there's a lot of people going to college for the wrong reason. So mm -hmm. I think... You just really have to take a step back. Like, are you going to college because your parents want you to go to college? Are you going to college because you that's what everybody else is doing? Like, why would you go to college? You know, if you're not going to be in, in a very unique field where it you know, genuinely requires a college degree, then I would take a good hard look at it. But I think you probably shouldn't go. You should probably skip out on college. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten a two-year degree of running a business and failing so much at this point. It's like I went to college because I just, 100%. I've already been in the business. Um, yeah, bro. And if you go make a hundred million dollars and then you want to go to college, then do it. You know, like I always, I always joke with my fiance. I'm like, maybe one day I'll go to college, you know, like, and it, it's just kind of like a funny thing. It's like, you know, I want to learn how to play the piano and fly a helicopter. Like, I have all these like goals, like these random things that I want to accomplish before I die. And like going to college is one of them, but I'll do it when I'm 40 and I'm bawling out, bro. And I'll do it just for the hell of it. Like I'll just, I'll just go just to prove to myself I can get straight A's at 42 years old with a bunch of, you know, 22 year olds, you know, like, it's just like, you know, like, so I think that there's just other ways that you can kind of look at it objectively and have fun with it. But, um, I totally agree. What would you get a degree in? I don't know, dude. I think I would just go do something to challenge me. You know, because eventually if I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't be doing it for that reason. Like, I want to learn a new language, you know. So, like, there's these different things that I want to do because they're a challenge and because I really enjoy I, – I enjoy that, right? I enjoy the challenge. And so I would do something that really challenged me. In that, and I don't know what that would be yet, um, but it, it would be something that really challenged me, and I would really probably enjoy it. Okay. Um, are you a big cold plunge guy? I'm getting into it. I, 
I hate the cold, bro. I'm not going to lie. I, I hate the cold, uh, which is why I need to do it. You know, so like when I realized and I had that aha moment of how much I hate the cold, it done. That's exactly why I need to do the cold plunge every day of my life. You know, because I believe that as human beings, we should do a couple of things every day that we absolutely hate. I believe every day we should do something that we absolutely do not want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's getting into that goddamn water at five o'clock in the morning. You know, there is nothing in the world that I do not want to do more than that, which is the precise reason why I got to walk out there and get in the brick water. Because if I can do that at five o'clock in the morning, then for the rest of the day, I can do anything I put my mind to. So that's kind of the concept behind it for me. Obviously, there's a lot of health benefits. Um, but for me, it's all a mental thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have to start doing things that I don't want to do. Otherwise, I'll get comfortable or I'll get complacent. And I don't want to do that. So there's a handful of things that make me uncomfortable. And, uh, and man, I really try hard to make sure that I'm doing at least one of those things every day. Yeah. How, uh, how much do you think the other things in life translate into your business and in your success in your business? You know, fitness, taking care of the body, mindset. Yeah, I, I think they translate in a pretty big way. Although I don't think there's anybody that has perfect balance in every area of life at the same time. You know, Ed Milet talks about you have these different kind of buckets, right? You've got spirituality, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, and relationally, right? And, and you know, if you grade yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, you know, are you, can you, is it possible to be a 10 in all five at the same time? And my, my answer would be no. I don't think anybody can be a 10 in all five simultaneously. I think we, we on while we're on planet Earth, I think we go through what they call seasons of life. And I think everybody's seasons are a little different in length. I think, you know, for me, I kind of operate in like a 90-day season typically. Like I'll go 90 days in a particular season where I'm really dominating a particular area of my life. And then the next 90 days I'll go, Kind of it'll be a new chapter, a new season. So I'm moving very quickly, right? I, I'm, I feel like every 90 days I'm a totally different human being. So um, it, it is very important that we try to get to a as close as we can to it and in any area. Although I'll never be the guy to sit here and lie to people and tell them that I've ever been a 10 in every area because I certainly have not. You know, I've um, if I'm doing really well financially, like a 10 financially, a lot of times I'll be doing like a six or a seven. Physically. It's just the reality of it. I try really hard to do both, um, but it is extremely difficult. Unless your job is fitness, it, there are seasons of life, man. And, and I'm freaking a diehard guy, but like there are just seasons of life where I'm just at the office from six o'clock in the morning till nine or ten o'clock at night, and I do it seven, six, seven, six, seven days a week. So I mean, like, you, you just, there's no timeline. I mean, like, just, you know, so um, I think. You got to go a little bit easy on yourself depending on what season you're in i struggle with that you know i'm really hard on myself um and, and i think it's part of the reason i am i am today you know but i beat myself up man like if i if i'm falling short in an area even if i'm doing knocking it out of the park in another area i'm really freaking hard on myself you know so uh, but we just got to do the best we can do you think being hard on yourself is what got you to where you are i do yeah I think it's a blessing and a curse. You know, um, I talk about it with my fiance all the time, you know, but I, I'm really like extraordinarily hard on myself. Like, 
Like, I mean, I'm talking like, I wake up every morning basically with the mentality of I'm a nobody, I've done nothing, and uh, and I didn't deserve to be where I'm at today. You know that, and that, and I've got to get myself every day of my life. I've got to climb out of that hole, right? And I've got to get myself out of that. I got to snap out of it. And I do it through meditating and reading the Bible and working out and um, showing up anyways and, and and doing whatever it takes. But yeah, I'm really hard on myself, you know. So, however, on the flip side, you know, um, it, it it always gives me an edge. Because I, you know, I'm never complacent. I'm never happy with where I'm at. Um, so as long as I walk that line, you know, like Johnny freaking Cash, then I, then I can, I theoretically can live a, a quote unquote balanced and healthy life. If I fall off that line in either direction and I'm too hard on myself, or I'm not hard enough on myself, then it, I'm, un, I become unbalanced. You know, so. Um, Dude, it's a blessing and a curse, man, you know, and, and that's just one of the things that I was born with, I think, you know, and um, I, I have to be grateful for it, you know, and uh, and I am grateful for it. I wouldn't have it any other way, but I, I, I would say, if anything, my challenge is, is figuring out how to give myself compassion, you know, um, figuring out how to have empathy to myself, because I'll have empathy with everybody else in the world, but myself. Dude, you, you are like in my mind right now because I, I feel like I'm the same way, just constantly hard on myself. <clears throat> but and, and at the same time, like I have a hard time, you know, like or I'll be meeting with somebody and they'll say like, wow, you look what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and you're only 20 years old. But for me, it doesn't really feel like that. For me, I still wake up and I'm still like pounding it in, you know, not doing enough, not doing this. So, no, I appreciate you talking on that. I got a link to that. Of course. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> so, what do you think uh, top suggestions and some actionable items for a single agent? I think there's a lot more single agents, um, you know, tuning in than, than team owners. Uh, obviously, you have a ton of, of agents on your team. What do you uh, what do you talk to them about in your team meetings, and what's the guidance you, you give them? Wake up every day and hustle. You know, there, there is no one thing, you know, do, do it. I don't care if it's open houses. I don't care if you're, if you're cold calling people, but you, you've got to wake up, you've got to dress up, you've got to put on nice clothes, put on a nice pair of shoes, make sure you got your hair cut. You know, you've got to feel good, right? I've got to wake up and I've got to feel good, right? Take a shower, you know, feel, make your bed, right? And then you've got to show up and you've got to grind. You know, and, and I don't care what you're doing, but you've got to do something and you've got to be productive. You've got to actually do it. I think there's a lot of agents that think they're working and they're not actually working. It's like setting up a search for a buyer it is not going to make you any money, right? Like, yeah, you have to do that, but you're but it's not money-making activity. It's not an MMA, right? So you've got to figure out a way for five or six or seven hours a day, you've got to do an MMA, right? a money-making activity. And the only real way to make money in real estate is by talking to people. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. I think open houses are great. I love open houses. I've sold a lot of real estate sitting open houses. I've done a lot of luxury real estate sitting open houses. I've sold some of the most expensive homes that I've sold have been as a result of sitting in open houses uh, personally. You know, so 
Um, I, I, you know, I think that's extremely important. Our agents sit open houses two or three times a week, and I've got like 40, 42, I think, uh, agents on our team right now on just the retail, the retail division. We have 42, I believe. Um, and so uh, they're always sitting open houses. I've got like 200 open house signs or, or more, maybe, maybe 250 now. And they're always gone, right? They're always gone. And we make them bring them back every week. To, to get a count, you know, and then people check them out again, like a day later. So I think that's really, really important. I would definitely be doing open house. Um, if you're a solo agent, like, you know, I know guys like James Wexler. I don't know if you guys know James Wexler, but, um, I'll have him on the podcast soon. You know, he does a hundred million dollars or whatever a year in real estate all by himself. A hundred million a year in real estate all by himself. And he, he, he attributes 95%, I would say, his success from open house he, there, he actually i think in in his first couple years of real estate he was sitting 250 open houses a year so you know like get out there and do it man you know and then while you're at the open house i would be posting on social media i would be cold calling i would go knock all the neighbors in the neighborhood and let them know that you're doing the open house you know so you just got to take action you do, if you're a solo agent it's all about how much action can i take every day of my life and how do i do that every day how do i wake up tomorrow and do it again and do it again and do it again and, and remember you're playing the long game so if you're a solo agent you're playing the long game right you got into real estate whether you like it or not you're playing the long game you know so it you got it you just got to do it every day and and know that in five years or ten years you're really going to be happy that you built the book of business that you built yeah yeah that's that's Super good advice. Um, I don't know how much time you have today. How much longer do we have you, Austin? Um, I've got probably another five or ten minutes. Okay. So I want to, um, first of all, I want to congratulate on your, on your podcast, dude. It is so good. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Like, the guests that you have and the conversations that you have are so good. So if I you guys aren't... Yeah. Absolutely. If you guys aren't listening to the Austin Zabak show available on, I'm assuming every platform, you got to go check it out. I appreciate uh, that, man. Yeah. And we're going to get, we're going to keep getting better, man. We, uh, we're, we're going to continue to improve. I, I listen to every episode that I do and I critique myself like, like watching film, you know, playing sports and I critique myself and, uh, and, and I promise you, uh, if you, if, if you guys take that journey with me, and you support it, and, and, and you listen to all of them, they're just going to get better. We're not going to go backwards. Sweet. For sure. It, it is so good. Um, so I'm super excited to see what you got coming for that. Before we get you out of here, what other projects do you have going on? What can we do? How can people find you and make sure that we're uh, getting the best reach to you? Um, we, you know, we're just, we're, we're building a lot of cool stuff right now. You know, we, uh, we, we're, I, 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 I don't know exactly how to track it, but I, I believe we're the number one or number two wholesaler in the nation right now. Um, so we, we wholesale a lot of real estate. We wholesale anywhere from probably three to five deals a day on average. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll wholesale nationwide. So uh, if anybody ever has a good deal, I'd love to do a deal with anybody. Um, I'd love to help you sell the deal. I'd love to help you acquire the deal. I'd love to give you a number. I'd love to underwrite the deal. My team will underwrite any deal nationwide. They'll tell you where to buy it, uh, what to get the property under contract for, and then what we can move it at. So wholesaling is a passion of mine. 
Uh, retail is a passion of mine. We're growing retail like crazy. Uh, I think we have like 35 retail deals under contract right now pending. Um, so that, that division is growing uh, very rapidly. I'm very excited about that. Um, we just started a mortgage company. So uh, we'll probably be seeing a lot more of that over the coming months, but we're working on on scaling the mortgage company. We have first LO. Uh, we'll be eventually hiring a branch manager and, and, and growing and scaling that organization. Uh, we've got the VA company in the Philippines. I'll be out there in a couple of weeks, you know, scaling that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we provide cold calling for other uh, real estate entrepreneurs. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we do there now, uh, on top of obviously providing it for ourselves. And then um, we're about to do a lot in the media world. So, you know, I'm about to double down on all things media, all things social media. And then we're going to be rolling out with a couple of different education products in the next uh, probably 90 to 120 days. So, uh, it, you know, everything from teaching people how to wholesale to teaching people how to become a rock star real estate agent and everything in between. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, definitely excited about that. And then, uh, you know, really the next thing on the horizon is to raise capital and acquire property. So my goal is to own a thousand doors. Um, as soon as I possibly can. And we've been looking into raising capital and, and going ahead and moving forward with that. And then in terms of where people can find me, I'm just at Austin Zayback on every platform. So uh, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere. Incredible. Incredible. Austin, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show, dude. We really appreciate it. That's my bucket list. We just checked it out. So Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me. And I just want to say before I jump off, you know, uh, you, you guys are just incredible human beings. It was an honor being here, uh, you know, and I, and I just appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity and the platform. And you guys are all very good public speakers. You're very good at doing this. You're very good at interviewing people. Keep it up. If you guys continue to do what you're doing and providing value to the world, um, I, I cannot wait to see where all three of you guys end up in the future. And I'm just excited and I'm blessed to call you guys a uh, friend and be able to do life with you guys. Oh, man. I That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Austin. Absolutely. Thank hey, thank you guys very much. And we'll chat soon. Yes, sir. Awesome.